I think truly stepping into womanhood isn't stripping yourself of your inner child, but walking through life, holding her hand, doing things for her. What were her dreams? Who did she want to be? Does she feel safe with you? Hello, you are listening to Apricity. My name is Sion Camille. I'm your host. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that this podcast feels like the sun shining through the clouds on a cold winter day. It is currently Friday, September 1st, and I'm coming to you live from Silver Lake. Someone requested that the next episode be on evolving from girlhood to womanhood. I thought that we could do that and we could talk about feminine energy and teen healing because I think that's so important. And I know a lot of the listeners of Apricity are around my age. I'm 24 years old and I really do feel I'm in that transition of going from girlhood to womanhood. That has been such a big topic this summer because of the Barbie movie and the Taylor Swift eras tour. I think we can nurture and live in alignment with our inner girl and still evolve into being a woman. One line from the Billy song that has been stuck in my head is, I used to flow, now I just fall down. I used to know, but I'm not sure now. This is exactly how I think a lot of women feel comparing when they were little versus being an adult. When I was younger, I believed I could do or be anything I wanted, and I was so sure of myself. I lived in this world where things just felt easier because I didn't have to convince myself to believe in myself. And that's not to say that now I don't believe I can do or be anything I want, but there's this convincing that comes with it. When I was little, self-doubt did not exist. There wasn't outer influences telling me who or what to be or what success looked like or what happiness looked like. When you're a child, innocence is a shield protecting you from the complexities of the grown-up world. You believe in magic of tooth fairies and the possibility of talking animals. Every fallen eyelash is a ticket to your desires being fulfilled. Dreams are just outrageously big. And of course, things are so much more simple when you're a kid. I think that's why kids are so much happier than adults a lot of the time. Happiness just exists in those really small moments. My favorite days were spent watching Hannah Montana making up dance routines with my best friend to perform for our parents to convince them to let us have a sleepover. My sister and I would always do slip and slide in the summer on hot days and then we'd pick lemons from our tree in our backyard and make homemade lemonade. I think when you get older, you go on social media and you compare yourself and it can be harder to find gratitude in those small moments. As a kid, I was a lot more brave than I am now. I would climb high up in trees without fear of falling and although aspects of the world at times felt scary, when I thought there was a monster under my bed, I would just crawl into my sister's bed for comfort. And now I have to take on so much in the world more alone. 
But with that, I've developed a level of self-trust and self-confidence that I can handle things on my own and that I'm okay. And it's important to lean on people I love, but I can handle doing things on my own if I need to. Childhood obviously is not perfect, but I think our perspective when we're younger is so much more positive. We choose to see the good in the world and focus on that, even in the times that things are tough. And then as a teenage girl, we undergo huge psychological and physical changes. We start to gain independence and try to handle a lot more on our own. We begin to form self-awareness. Teenage years are usually a quest for identity and a desire to break free from constraints that we're pretty newly aware exist. And we hear a lot about inner child healing, but I think there's not enough people talking about inner teenager healing. Our inner teenagers go through so much. And that's where that lyric, I used to float, now I just fall down, becomes relevant for the first time. In my teenage years, I went through a very rebellious phase. I felt misunderstood and different, like every other teenager on earth. If you haven't seen the Barbie movie, I'll give you some context, but I kind of felt like weird Barbie. Without giving anything away, there's this Barbie that has a wild haircut from the child who played with her hacking it off and drawings all over her face. She's always in the splits and her outfit is just crazy. She's not the stereotypical perfect looking Barbie like Margot Robbie. And all the other Barbies kind of judge her, but she's smart and she knows how to solve a lot of the problems in Barbie land. The other Barbies say that she just got that way from being played with a little too hard. I think this was supposed to show that we're encouraged to be passionate and play hard as girls, but not too hard. Not be too passionate or else you don't fit inside that box of what is acceptable. I think the moment I really realized I was no longer a girl, I was 13. I went to church camp and my church camp counselor told me I looked like a porn star in my swimsuit. I didn't know anything about the world of pornography, but she said it with such contempt and disgust. I knew whatever a porn star was, it was something that I didn't want to be associated with, probably. She asked me, does your mother know you're wearing that? And my mind flashed to two nights before I went to camp. My mom and I at Target, after discovering none of my swimsuits from the summer before fit, I walked out of the dressing room slouching and unsure of how to move in my new body. And then my mom nodded her head of approval with a smile, gave me a thumbs up as I'm sitting there awkwardly tugging at the edges of the top. And she said to me, so cute. And I was still a girl, but my body resembled one of a woman. I was old enough that I wanted to wear makeup, but in order to do so, I'd have to steal some from my older sister's bathroom, but still young enough that if I wanted to get a Twix bar on the way out of Target, I would have to ask. The rest of the days at church camp, I did not go into the pool. I even wore a big t-shirt so that No one would even have the opportunity to make comments about my body. I was so confused because all my other friends were wearing bikinis, 
And then it hit me that there was nothing wrong with the swimsuit. It was the body that was in it. And that was the first time I was more aware of what my body looked like than how I felt living in it. I spent the rest of the summer hiding in giant sweatshirts and dieting, and I thought, if I couldn't love my body, why not hate myself into a new one? Looking back on the church experience now, I realized that her reaction was a reflection of the deeply ingrained shame and stigma surrounding sexuality, especially for women. It's a harsh reality that so many of us have to confront at some point in our lives. The idea that our bodies and desires could be considered somehow dirty or sinful, something to be hidden away and ashamed of. But now that I'm older, I know I don't have to buy into that narrative. I don't have to be defined by someone else's narrow-minded views or judgments. My sexuality, my body is my own. It's something to be explored and celebrated on my own terms, and that's a powerful realization. One that has taken me years to fully embrace, and I really love parts of being a teenager. There's so much room for exploration. You're seeing the world for the first time with a pair of eyes not as heavily influenced by your parents. You're creating your own opinions. You maybe are getting your first job getting your driver's license, you know, there's so many fun things that come with being a teenager, but our teenagers also go through a lot, and I think there's a lot of healing that needs to be done with our inner teenager. So here are some ways that I have healed my inner teenager, and this kind of intertwines with inner child healing too. The first thing I did to start healing my inner teenager who honestly went through a lot (laughs) was identify my inner teenager's core beliefs. Look at what your inner teenager is still holding on to when you first learned it and who told it to you. So for example, I was told as a teenager that my body was something to be ashamed of. So that was something I held into my early 20s that I needed to be as small as possible in order to be accepted. And when those thoughts come up, I will replace it with an affirmation of the new belief I want to instill. So an example of that would be my body is inherently worthy despite its shape and size. Our wounded inner child or teenager feels like something is wrong with them. So you have to accept that version of you. Acceptance is key to healing. And going back to the whole weird Barbie thing, I felt like I was just strange when I was a teenager. I think everyone feels that way, but I did feel misunderstood. And I think a lot of teenagers have this idea that something is wrong with them, that they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, they're not worthy of love. So when that inner critic comes up, I have to remind myself that it's okay if I made mistakes. I also think it's helpful to tell your inner teenager what maybe they needed to hear at the time or your inner child. Inner child healing, inner teenage healing, it's quite similar. And look at what your inner teenager enjoyed doing. I really enjoyed writing as a teenager and it helped me explore my identity. I got really into spirituality and self-improvement. I started choosing to spend a lot of time in nature to help my depression 
And I look back on Teenage Sion and I'm like, damn, she was so tough and didn't even know it. So tapping back into those activities you loved as a teenager, those activities you loved as a child, that is a great way to begin to heal those parts of yourself that you might feel disconnected from. And something I hear a lot is people being afraid of no longer being a teenager because they always say, oh, it's the best years of your life, which I don't agree with. I think any year can be the best year of your life. Your life doesn't end after you're a teenager. It's really just beginning. So becoming a woman, the next phase of girlhood. Nowadays, I am less of a girl and more of a woman. I feel like I've been deep in the transition from girlhood to womanhood through the past couple of years. I graduated college. I'm working towards the things I want for myself and my life. And I think in college, in the early transition of girlhood to womanhood, I would self-sabotage a lot, not doing the things I needed to do to make me feel good. And now I have much stronger boundaries with myself and with others. I don't have everything figured out perfectly, but no one does. I was at dinner with my neighbors the other night and my neighbor who is 68 told me he still doesn't really fully know the answers to everything or who he is. And then my dad agreed. So I thought with all that being said, I would talk about what has helped me transition to womanhood. I've spent a lot of time visualizing what type of woman I want to be and I've had to look at my life and ask myself where the gaps exist. Where am I still repeating patterns from my teenage years or my childhood that are perpetuating cycles I no longer want to be a part of? So that's number one. Number two, I've realized that happiness in my life is entirely up to me not others. I used to seek fulfillment from friendships and relationships to keep me afloat when I was a teenager and struggling with mental health, but a really hard truth is that you will never actually feel good until you have a good relationship with yourself. This also motivated me to do things out of self-love rather than punishment. I am not going for a run for anyone other than myself. Number three is, in order to evolve into the next phase of my life, I have had to heal the parts of myself that still need love. Inner child and inner teenager healing is so important, and I talked about that earlier, but it's continual work. Different situations trigger different wounds inside of me that need work, and I found that when I seek external validation as an adult, It's just the little girl inside of me who wasn't heard or seen. Or when I run to the wrong people for love, it's because I didn't feel deserving of good, healthy love. So just becoming aware of why certain things trigger you and what wounds are resurfacing from the past, I think truly stepping into womanhood isn't stripping yourself of your inner child, but walking through life holding her hand, doing things for her. What were her dreams? Who did she want to be? Does she feel safe with you? Number four, I've realized that taking care of myself isn't for others, but for myself. When I get up in the morning and I shower and I get dressed, I do it for me. 
because that's how I feel good. Getting up and showing up as your best self is for no one but you. Number five, self-worth is everything. If you don't value yourself, how are other people going to? And that's not to say you have to be this perfectly healed person with no insecurities. We all have insecurities. But when you choose to act in a way that is aligned with what you truly deserve, that is self-worth. Saying, no, I'm worth more than this. With work, with people, you have to believe that you deserve the absolute fucking best. Number six, looking at where I had wounded feminine and masculine energy was huge for me. Everyone has masculine and feminine energy, no matter what gender, sex, sexuality someone is. Everyone has both. They're just names for them. You can call one green and one orange if you want. It's really just opposing energies. The masculine is giving, confident, supportive, courageous, disciplined, expansive, purpose-driven, powerful, focused. And then the opposite is the feminine. It's receptive, intuitive, inward, creative, kind, tender, flowing, understanding, and then we can look at all these energies and see where we need the opposite. So I tend to lean really hard into the feminine. So placing structure for myself, putting masculine energy in my life is good for me. There's also a wounded side to both the feminine and the masculine. The wounded masculine is aggressive and controlling, critical, confrontational, avoidant, unsupportive. The wounded feminine is manipulative, codependent, overly sensitive, needy, and having too much of one energy or wounded energy can lead to not having balance in an area of your life. For me, I've had it come out in my work where I'm a little too flowy and I won't get shit done, or I've been wounded masculine where I'm really critical of myself and won't put things out because I'm afraid it's not good enough. So... Highly recommend just looking up masculine and feminine energy, doing a little journaling session of where can I implement certain energy in my life where I'm not doing it, and then where am I leaning too much into the wounded side, or where am I leaning too much into one energy rather than the other. Number seven is tapping into living in alignment with my cycle. Women are cyclical beings. We do not run on a 24-hour hormone cycle like men do. Obviously, to get things done, we can't just fully rest. But when you can lean into living in alignment with where your body is at, I think it's a really great tool. Like, okay, I'm on my period. This is a really great time to turn inwards and talk with my intuition and plan for the future. Or I'm ovulating. This is a great time to go on a first date, to go record some sessions at the studio. I wish I was ovulating right now. I'm in my luteal phase. Number eight is being able to assess why I did things and then moving forward with forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself over and over again in this lifetime to move on to not be living in the past and I find that it's really important that I'm continually seeing areas where I feel angry at myself and forgiving myself for those things. Number nine is celebrating the magic of being alive every single day. 
I have been doing this writing practice where every single day I write down magic that happened that day and I've been doing it for three months now. It's on my Substack, and it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. So to close out this episode, accepting your girlhood is over comes with a lot of mourning, but it also comes with a development of sense of self. Your voice grows stronger, your opinion takes shape, your individuality emerges. And if you're in a chapter of questioning or trying to find your place in the world, you can look at the Barbie movie and the key takeaway to the Barbie movie that being the perfect woman is undesirable even if you could achieve it. So you get to create your own definition in this lifetime of what type of person you want to be every day and what being an evolved woman looks like for you. So here are some ways to stay connected to the girl inside of you. Number one is stay curious. Girlhood is a time of boundless curiosity where questions are never-ending. We ask, why is the sky blue? Where do birds go at night? What makes the flowers bloom? And I think it's important to keep that thirst for knowledge insatiable because the more we grow old, the better and deeper we get to connect with the world. Number two is let the world be your playground. Number three is don't let pink be a dirty word. And number four is believe you can fly. I know some of this might be cheesy, but I love being cheesy. That is what life is all about. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and let me know what you think about girlhood. I love doing these more conversational episodes where we can just chat about life. Sending you a big hug. Thank you guys so much for rating the podcast. It really does help me and I love you guys so much. Love your friend, Sion.